Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. There are a lot of people who don't like authority. There are a lot of people who don't like laws. Sometimes I don't like a law, and I'm sure you feel the same way. There are times this week, this month, that you have tested a law. You might have even broken a law. You might even have experienced the consequences of having tested and broken a law. Here's one thing I know for sure. We cannot get away from the concept of law. We are this year pursuing the theme, drink from the spiritual rock, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you want to turn to that passage and have it be opened in front of you, as we think together about another facet of drinking from that spiritual rock, which is follow the law. The text opens telling us about the children of Israel having been in Egyptian bondage. God brought them out. And he brought them to a place where eventually in that promised land they would reside. But prior to that, they wandered in the wilderness. They had been to the promised land within just a few months but they rejected God and had to go back out into that wilderness for 40 years. These were people, according to the opening verses of this chapter, who had rebelled against God over and over again, and they had experienced untold numbers of times the consequences of having done so. I want us to think together about this concept of law. And as the verse is read for us, balance it, if you will, law and edifying. And tonight we're going to talk about that end of things. But I want you to notice for just a few minutes that these people were given a law from God that they had as a people for about 1,800 years. Understanding what law is, let me give you this image to put in your head for the day. I want you to think of law as a boundary past which you must not go. And then I want you to think about what edification is. What does it mean to encourage and build up and think about other people? I want you to think of that idea as the place you are within that boundary. It is important that not only do we recognize that boundaries exist, but we also must understand how to use those boundaries, how to think of those laws properly as it relates to interactions between us 
on a daily basis. And we will talk about that tonight. But for now. This idea of law is a boundary that tells us the area in which we should build our lives. That's what laws do. Laws say, here is the place. We're marking the boundaries. Now, we want you to build anywhere in that place that you want to. Now, boundaries are absolutely important. I went down some time back to the local planning and I said, are there rules for building a structure on my property? Yes. You have to make sure that it's no closer than 10 feet to your property line. Now, my thought about that is, now, wait a minute. It's my property line. You're telling me where I can build on my property line? I don't understand that. But it's a law. And not only that, they have all kinds of codes that you have to do in order to build something. We all know that. Boundaries are important. Every municipality will say, here is commercial property. Here is residential property. And if you want to change from one to the other, you have to go through a process to get it approved because the law has already been set. States recognize boundaries between neighboring states. And our country, in theory, recognizes boundaries that we don't want people crossing illegally. And so we set up checkpoints in places where we monitor, maybe not as well as some, the inflow of people illegally. Why? Because boundaries are important. Every one of us individually has boundaries that are important to us. Have you ever done this experiment? You go to talk to someone. And as you talk, you gradually just get closer to them. There will come a point with most people that as you're getting closer to them, they're getting farther from you. Because there is this invisible boundary that says, if you come inside this, I don't like it. Have you ever tried to give somebody a hug and you knew immediately they didn't want it? You could feel it, couldn't you? We all understand the concept of boundaries. They are very important. They help us be able to live with other people. They help us to be able to live with ourselves. And they certainly help us live with God. I want you to notice what happens, the story 
behind 1 Corinthians 10 that occurs in Exodus 19 and 20. It's a fascinating story in many respects. About three months after leaving Egyptian bondage, the people of God arrived at Mount Sinai. Oh, and it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great time. Something really great is going to happen. God is going to give his law, his set of boundaries for his people right there at that mountain. Chapter 19. I want you to notice what happens. God said to Moses, Tomorrow, I want you to come to the mountain, and I want you to get the law. But here's what he said. First, set a boundary around the mountain. And anyone who touches even the base of the mountain while I am there is to be killed. Then God said, don't touch them. You stone them or you shoot them with an arrow. Because you're not going to come past the boundary that I'm setting on this mountain. Because God was going to be on that mountain. And God's presence could not be seen. Oh, certainly it seems odd that God would be so strict. And yet, had he not set the boundary and they crossed over and looked inside the fog and smoke to see the presence of God, they would have died anyway. God said, you put the boundary around that mountain. Number two, on the day that the trumpet sounded and the people came to the foot of the mountain. How many of them do you think wanted to test that boundary? For there was smoke and fire and a loud sound. How many of them do you think said, oh, let's just see if God is serious? They were to come there to get ready for the law because God from Mount Sinai, in the cloud and the smoke and the fire, yelled in his own voice all of the Ten Commandments. And the people fell backwards. We're too close to this mountain now. We're backing up. We don't want to hear this anymore. Moses, we can't stand this. You go get the law from God and bring it back to us because the presence of God was so powerful, they just could not stand it anymore. And so Moses did. He went up there and he got the law from God. And I want you to notice this law. In Ron's class this morning, we were beginning to engage this concept. 
When you look at the law of Moses, there are three levels. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. On these two hang all the law and the prophets, Matthew 22. But then the Ten Commandments gave ten ways that those three things should be observed. But then from those ten things, I then wrote an extremely detailed law that says, okay, here is how this works itself out in everyday life. Here's what's going on. God set a boundary. And this boundary told them where to live. And then in the other laws that he gave, he told them how to live. It's interesting to me about the Ten Commandments. They were not created at Mount Sinai. They were already in use in the world before God ever put them in a codified way to his people. Those laws that said, you can have no other God before me, you can't make another image about me, and you can't speak evil, profane my name. God's name was already revered in the world And the idea of these other gods. When Jacob was going back to Bethel, he looked at his family in Genesis 35 and he said, you get rid of all of these foreign idols. The idea of an idol was already in the minds of people. There's something wrong about worshiping something you just made with your hands and calling it God. When there is the God in heaven who is speaking to people. When God put Adam and Eve together, he said, A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. And in the Ten Commandments when he says, you can't just have all kinds of sexual relationships that you want. And people understood that. You shall not steal. And when Rachel stole the household items from her father, he was upset with her because you can't steal. But that hadn't been a law from God yet, but it was one that they understood. How about do not commit murder? And Cain killed his brother Abel, and he knew that he'd done something wrong. And in chapter Or Genesis, Lamech said, if if Esau suffered because of what, or if Cain suffered because of what he did, I've killed two men. I'm really going to suffer. You see, these boundaries 
are just universal principles that everybody understands, that everybody, if they will live them, will have a better life. But now notice in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul does the exact same thing. He gives three concepts within the general law boundaries of God. Number one, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Verse 31. One of the principles that stands out is you, everything you do in life should have the feature of God's glory. That's a general law that guides how we're going to live and how we're going to do. And we should honor that law to glorify God. Number two, all things are lawful for me. Verse 23, Peter, or Paul said. Well, now wait a minute. He had just mentioned a number of things that these people had done wrong, worshiping idols, sexual immorality. And then he comes along and he says, all things are lawful for me. So as Paul saying, they couldn't do them, but I have the right to do them. What's well, not what he's saying. What he's saying is, inside the boundary of lawful things, I can do anything within that boundary. I have the freedom to live inside the boundaries of lawful things, and it's perfectly fine. I can do any of these things that I want to do also, verse 24. Let no one seek his own, but another's well-being as well. Isn't that exactly what Jesus said? Love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Paul is saying this exact thing. And he's saying that there are three laws that guide us in life. Three laws in which we live in a constant way every single day. We live to glorify God. We live as we should live personally, loving ourselves, doing what is right within the lawful idea, and we look out for the needs of others. We care about them. That's exactly how Jesus summarized the old law, and that's exactly how Paul summarizes New Testament Christianity. He said there's a boundary. And in this boundary, you can live Here's the problem. Inside that boundary, there are things that are perfectly lawful to do, but its effect on somebody else should keep me from doing it. And that's the concept of edify that we're going to talk about tonight. The idea that says, I'm going to build my life within this boundary of the law of God, 
but I'm not going to build it encroaching on you, even if I have the right to do so. How do we live with each other? How do we treat each other as God's people? How do I look out for your well-being and you look out for my well-being inside this arena of lawful things? We're going to talk about that tonight. But right now, here is the main point that I want us all to see. You might turn to James chapter 2. James helps us understand that while we live in a life where there are laws, God is a law giver. He did it at Mount Sinai, and he's done it throughout Scripture. God is a law giver. But God is not a God of laws. Because if he were there would be not a single person in this room right now. Not a single person online. And I dare say, the world would already have ended a long time ago. For whoever shall keep the whole law yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you murder, you are a lawbreaker. You're a transgressor. So speak, and so do, as those who we judge by the law of liberty... Notice, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Be honest with yourself for a moment. Have you recently, as have I, violated God's law in some way? Can you look at your past few days and go, I blew it. I messed up. I failed. I sinned right here. When God told those people, don't you touch that mountain, I absolutely know that had they done so, they would have been killed. God demonstrated at various times what he could do. When Korah decided, I can lead this people, not just you, Moses. God's talking to me too. God opened up an earthquake underneath him and swallowed him. When Miriam challenged Moses' authority as the only one to whom God is speaking, God immediately struck her with leprosy. 
Oh, God was right to do what he did, meaning he could be right and do it every single time. But he's a God of mercy. And we still live because even though we've sinned, even though we've violated God's law, he has not struck us dead. We have a chance. I should understand the law of God as absolutely set in stone and it can't change and one day when all of this is over then we will see the result but now I need to honor the laws of God appreciate the mercy of God and strive always to figure out how to live in law and showing mercy myself to people who violate various things and bother me, hurt me, or hurt you. I don't want to serve a law, a God of law, because I don't have a chance. Because once you mess up, you're messed up. But a God who gave laws also said, I will be merciful. And I need to concentrate on the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness of God. But I only get it when I am that way as well. There are many people who are insistent upon us living strictly by laws, but who themselves don't hold themselves to the same standard. Today, I hope you understand that laws are absolutely necessary in order to live, to help us understand what God wants. But yes, there is great freedom within that boundary of lawful things that we can live in and act and do. And we need to learn from God how to do it better. And we learn from each other how to do it better. But today, I'm a lawbreaker and so are you. God forgives. If you need to be forgiven, then pray. Let God forgive you for having broken a law. If you've never obeyed Jesus, if, if you've not been immersed into his body in order to have forgiveness of sin, that bond that was broken when first you began to sin, God takes it away through the blood of Jesus. We'd be glad to immerse you into Christ, to pray for you, to help us recover from being lawbreakers. Our shepherds will be here if you need them while we stand and sing. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.